Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to The Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew. I'm a writer working in TV development, and I am 100% faithful. Promise. The Trader features deep dives into every episode of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series, The Traitors, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. This is a standalone, bonus, magical, unique episode of The Trader because the discussion will be devoted to the entire season of The Traitors New Zealand. Towards the end, I'll also talk to my co-host a little about their overall thoughts on The Traitors Australia Season 2 and the freshly announced celebrity cast of The Traitors US Season 2 and the upcoming Traitors Canada cast. Speaking of my host, let's go ahead and meet him. My host is a returning guest to the podcast. It's Joe Usher. Joe has hosted previous episodes with me on the Traitors US and Traitors Australia seasons one and two. And he's back for more. Joe's a huge Traitors fan, obviously. Uh, he is a fan of pop culture, wrestling, X-Men and girl groups. Joe, welcome back. I was going to say, how are you going? But I don't know if they say that in New Zealand. So how are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. I'm doing very, very, very good. I'm very excited to <laughs> I know you've got lots of thoughts to talk about. So we, we've got so yeah. much, so much content mm-hmm. today. Uh, we are we're going to talk about New Zealand mostly, but we're also going to talk a little bit about Australia, US, Canada, so much to do. And of course, we're going to play the Trader Traitor. So our goal throughout the episode from here on in is to tell a lie to one another. The lie has to be a fabrication or a made-up fact. It can be big or small, about the traitors, or it could be about ourselves, it could be about anything at all. 
For example, Joe could tell me that a new season of The Traitors Liverpool has been announced and it will be hosted by The Vivian and Stephen Graham. However, Joe's lie can't be a fake opinion, like saying that he thinks or feels there should be no more Traitors franchises because, quite frankly, we've had enough. Obviously, he would never say that. At the end of the episode, we'll then put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. Joe, are you ready to play the Trader Traitor? Yep. In that case, our game of the Trader Traitor begins now. So we're going to talk all about the Traitors New Zealand. Why don't I put in the theme tune that we always have right here? And it goes... Just a heads up here that throughout the episode there are a lot of spoilers for other seasons of The Traitors as Joe and I discuss The Traitors UK, US and both seasons of Australia, including who wins those seasons. So keep listening at your own peril. Okay, we have various things to talk about. We're going to take it step by step. First of all, uh, this is something that you reminded me of, Joe, and it makes sense to talk about it immediately. In the very first episode of Traitors New Zealand, a contestant leaves immediately with $10,000. Uh, what did you make of this, Joe? So it was very, because when I watched it, and I remember watching it thinking, I actually don't understand what they're going on about. And in the end, I was like, imagine it's that, because there was a few of them that were going to go for that money. But imagine if all the cash just ran and went off. I thought the show must have been shitting itself, thinking, where have all of these people gone? Because I thought when he took it, he was bringing it back to add to the prize funds, but when um... he went off in the car, it, it was, I didn't feel it was explained as much, but then... I thought the person who went, it was a shame because I'd have liked to have seen how a game player plays this game. Yeah, so the guy is, is called Sam Sam Johnston. Yeah, he was a gamer, and I kind of like you. I not it's not that I misunderstood what was happening, but I kind of underestimated what was happening. So I thought, oh, surely they're not actually going to just invite someone to leave. Like that can't be it. So I thought. They'll bring him back later. He'll he'll will think he's gone and actually returns, but he doesn't. He just runs, takes ten thousand dollars, and goes. It's and it's also funny that his name is Sam. Maybe there's just too many Sams in the traitors now that they've decided <laughs> no more. Um, I I've talked about this before in the podcast. I absolutely would have done what Sam did. To be honest, I think if they said there are $10,000 sitting over there, if you can run and get them, you can have them. I would have weighed up. Am I likely to win this show? Statistically, probably not. I think I can run okay. <laughs> no one else is doing it yet. Especially especially if I looked around and no one else had immediately ran for it. I, I think after a few seconds, I would have just gone. What, what, yeah. would, you, what would you have done? It's tough, isn't it? I mean... Oh, I don't, do you know what? Part of me goes like go, but then I think that host was about to my. I had to shit myself and speak to me like that's why I was just stuck there terrified. <laughs> um, you think they were gonna die the way he was like you've let me down. I'm like, oh, but no, I don't know. I, 
it's it is when I'm looking at it now and I'm thinking that lineup was so strong. It was full of big they were actually more big names, but I I actually don't know how far he would have got if he hasn't if he'd stayed. I actually can't picture him yet how far he's gone because he could have been um a gamer. But yeah, he only does his sports, so I don't know how good that would have came into this because <laughs> Stay so just sitting in chair playing games where you get paid millions of these tournaments. So I don't know, but it's it was it was interesting and, and did he make the right decision? I don't I don't know. Yeah. It's hard because we all know in hindsight now, so it's hard to say. But it is weird he didn't come back. Yeah, it is. And it's like you say, it's well that we'll never know what he would have been like as a game player. We'll never get to see it, which is on one I was gonna say it's a shame. It's probably not a shame for him. He's probably quite happy with his ten thousand dollars, considering that the prize fund isn't really that much at the end of this. Yeah. So ten thousand dollars is quite a big chunk of that, relatively. And the next thing I wanted to talk about was something quite broad, something quite general about this season, and it's the the setting of the Traitors New Zealand and this sort of aesthetic, like the look of it, the way that it just visually appears on screen. I've got some quite harsh thoughts on it. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you my harsh thoughts and then you can tell me if I'm being too mm-hmm. nasty. My harsh thoughts are a few things. Uh, well, you can tell this from the prize fund because it's uh, so it's seven, $70,000, um, 70,000 New Zealand dollars, which doesn't seem as much as other franchises. And I think that gives you a clue straight away. They obviously don't have an enormous budget and i mean new zealand's not a huge country in terms of population mm-hmm. so there's not they don't have millions of dollars to spend on this and i and i feel like you can kind of tell that like a uh the i think i've already said this to you before joe but the banishment room itself is giving me america's next top model season one it's giving me hotel room with <laughs> Just like some black curtains hiding the wall. Like it's clearly just a like a conference room in a hotel. <laughs> and they've been like, oh, this doesn't look very dramatic. Let's just put up some black curtains everywhere. Um, which is fine, but it's a shame. It, it's just a shame because we've seen you know the UK and US versions in Ardross Castle and the Highlands, and it's such a beautiful old building to then just go to a room with some black curtains on the walls. Uh, is is a bit of a shame. What, what do you think about like the setting? Oh god, it wasn't. It was weird because it felt like to me it felt like there were two buildings. That main building where the thing is felt like a villa in Spain. They're gonna run out with family or friends. Then they go into the banishment room, which to me was a massive wine ad. Because <laughs> I've never seen so much wine in a show in my life <laughs> when it has to do with thingy. Um, but yeah, it felt like they were two completely different buildings in a weird way. Like it probably was part of a complex, but it had the America's Next Top Model Drag Race Season 1 filter. I do agree. <laughs> Even if you come off Australia, which has a budget with that beautiful hotel, this was just like a holiday villa feeling. It felt, I do feel it shows that more Cluedo like. Yeah, it feels like it feels like something you'd see on a Cluedo board game or something. Yeah, which maybe that's what because it did feel like at times this setting in the atmosphere it felt more like they were treating it like a game, which in other franchises I think people forget. And like you say, the prize funds 
just calculate it's thirty thousand in our in our money. So would I fight and want to win that or take ten grand? How I know that I'd probably take ten grand and go. Yeah. Because it's not. I mean, it's worth again to people who've never had it. It probably is worth it. But when you look at the international franchises, I'd cry. Yeah. By new getting it, but not selected. They spent it all on them being contestants. <laughs> that's true yeah that, actually I never thought of that That I suppose um, yeah this has got a sort of half celebrity cast so I, I'm assuming they've all been paid a fee of some sort to be here like I doubt they've just come along and actually th- this is something I noticed only in the final episode and we'll we'll get to the finale later but I don't know if maybe I missed this throughout the series and, and you might t- correct me in the finale, someone mentions. I think it's one of the players, one of the one of the finalists who is a celebrity. It might be Brooke. Says something about wanting to win the money for charity, and that was the first time I heard any of them the the celebrities saying that. So that made me feel a bit better. I thought, oh, okay, the celebrities are doing this to donate. Well, actually, I thought they're either all competing to donate to charity or Brooke. If it was Brooke who said that, I think it might have been. Or he's just chosen. He's he's just like volunteering to say this is what I am going to do with the money. I don't know, um, but but anyway, the point the point was you were right. I guess they have to pay these celebrities a fee, so that takes up some level of budget. And these aren't just. I've looked into this, and these aren't like just social media celebrities. Like these are actual singers, business people, TV broadcasters. Like yeah. That is quite whereas Australian, I don't think they were celebs in the same aspect of these. These felt like celebrities and they all knew each other, which ruined it for me. Yeah, that was something that came up a lot that people they would say, Oh, I, I, knew, I know you already, I know you're outside of this. And they would, even in their interviews, they would say, Oh, I know this person really well outside, but maybe I shouldn't trust them in the game. So that was kind of a weird dynamic that didn't bother me that much but I did think it ruined a bit of the illusion yeah. well it's and I even think the charity thing like it's a nice thing but then what worries me with as soon as you bring charity and people are automatically not going to vote for you because it's they'll think well they're doing something good so why don't they win it and it's like but it's taking the whole elements of this game out of it mm-hmm. this isn't best friends traces like best friend races <laughs> everyone of themselves <laughs> make it celebs people that aren't super big or just scrap the idea entirely and I think in this country maybe next season if they have one do a civilian season yeah uh, a couple of final points on the sort of look and the budget maybe is the, I guess we've covered this but the hotel I mean it looks like a beautiful building it looks Lovely. like a really nice place like if someone wants to send me there on holiday I'm not complaining <laughs> I'm um, <laughs> but it is quite uh, it's like quite contemporary so it's it looked like a very modern like like really really lovely stylish hotel but that didn't then feel like it suited like the sort of murder mystery gothic atmosphere of the game so i felt like they tried to set decorate it just with some like random mm-hmm. old objects <laughs> and very small yeah. very small there wasn't many places where you could literally hide and chat about someone it was basically you were in an ear. Yeah. Like, you could literally whisper in their ear. Yeah. 
And uh, something else I noticed more, I noticed this more in the sort of later challenges, I think, is, is again, just the, you could quite clearly tell there wasn't lots of money left to spend on like missions and like expensive props. So like when they, I can't remember the episode. It was definitely in the second half of the season. There was this kidnap mission. So some of the players were kidnapped and taken off to this kind of like boathouse and the other players are in cars and they have to find them. In the in the in the house where the kidnap the kidnappees were, they just had like clues printed, like just clearly printed in like aerial font on like a bit of A4 paper, like cut up with some scissors. Um like I could just I was just seeing some runner on the show, someone just been like, get a printer, print out some clues, cut them up and shove them on that wall. <laughs> like, it looked very last minute. Um, even in the laser mission, when they had the objects that they had to pick up, they just had these like handwritten price tags on them. I just thought this looks so cheap. Like nobody cheap. just printed those in some nice card or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. It was. I do think the entire show was like not just because I think the staff is probably the most grand, that main bit's the most grandest. But like you say, I think and maybe this might make them think maybe next time <laughs> to keep a budget right to just get, as I say, less known. Because I, I now I'm thinking of it, I'm like, they must have used the budget on them contestants. Yeah. Some of them were a waste in a lot of ways. But and I'll get on to it in a minute anyway. I think it's the most wasteful contestant they have ever had. I think but, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to get on to that topic in a minute. But yeah, it's just like, yeah, maybe just don't waste your money on someone who's just useless at this game. I think that may, unless I'm wrong, that might neatly lead us into our next topic, mm -hmm. which is a traitor's, well, it's a traitor's first in terms of English-speaking versions of the show, in that the the players managed to banish a traitor in the first episode, the first banishment room, they immediately find a traitor and get rid of her. Is Lauren the person that you were referring to, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Lauren, poor Lauren. I, I don't even know, was Lauren one of the celebrities? What she was, I think she's on Strictly Come Dancing in New Zealand. Okay. okay. Oh, she, she's, I remember she was a dancer, yeah. But she didn't stay, which I'm guessing maybe it's okay. like, maybe the prize one being cheap could because it's like their version of the BBC. Because I actually noticed they never said she was a dancer with the Stars contestant, which is something you just properly put. Yeah. Uh, what, <laughs> why do you think Lauren was caught out? Immediately. How did they know in episode one that she was a traitor? Right, I don't know whether you picked up on this, but there's a few times I think they referenced the Australian season one. Okay. And I think they referenced Alex a few times because I think that's how she was playing it. Be quiet. Because I mean, that was the most unconvincingly I can do good as a traitor because he did them interviews, which was nice to see them come back. Mm -hmm. When he sat with them and went, would you want to be a traitor? Would you want to be a faithful? And then she said it and of course... But she looks like nerves. You can feel the nerves as she's saying it. So I'm like, maybe the producers are like, look, we need a celeb as a tracer who's a known figure. She's probably one of the biggest. Because, I'm sorry, she was useless. Like, that money on that... Like, again, I almost think as a faithful, she would have been bad because she'd have been, in my opinion, I think she'd have played the same game. 
Um, again, this isn't on her. This is just on the gameplay. I'm not saying she's useful as a person. She probably she actually seems like a very nice person. I just think she went in too deep. But I almost think I don't think she just stood a chance because she was with the two misogynist. And wow. I think they just thrown a right onto that bus. Yeah, that's misogyny is something very interesting uh, that I, I had made a note of as well. Just purely, well, I'll actually I'll mention that in a second, but firstly I agree with you that I think Lauren, I mean, we only got to see her for one episode, so I didn't get a great yeah. idea of who she was, but my impression mm-hmm. in that one episode was she was a very nice person and very yeah. sort of quiet and softly spoken, so I I think she probably just wasn't prepared for how hard you have to lie, like how yeah. convincing you have to be. And something about her at the at the banishment room, especially, didn't feel that natural. Like I, th- I just got the impression you could tell she was struggling to hide hide something, yeah. uh, and maybe it was just a bit a bit beyond her. But yeah, mm. I I noticed that almost always in the traitors. Australia season one is an exception to this because the first yeah. person it was Jack. Um, almost always a woman is the first person banished. Uh, yeah. Is like is that sort of what you were referring to, or? I mean, I think that bit nice that that I think that, but I just think I think again she was too in over the head. But I do think she tried to play it like Alex did. And for anyone going in the show in the future, you can never play Alex's game ever again. You won't, it won't work. The only reason it worked for her is because it was the first ever show, English version that was made, and she just plays a blinder. But you can't be too quiet. You've almost got to be not too forceful. <laughs> and you can't be too quiet. Yeah. So you've got to almost coast in this life and drag race and just hope you get in. And after Lauren is gone, then something. We we get a fair few recruitments in this season, so that's sort of the next topic that we're going to talk about is the the recruited traitors throughout uh, New Zealand. So we've got uh, Brooke who is recruited. We have Robbie, and then eventually we have Colin, and they're all quite interested in their own way. Brooke, first of all, manages to then make it all the way to the finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, as does Colin, I suppose, although he's he's recruited really, really late on, so it's not much of a surprise. Um, Rob, there's, I think there's a lot to say about Robbie, so we'll definitely come back to her. Um, but it's funny that they, they recruit by episode four, which felt, I mean, I mean, there only are like 10 episodes, but it felt like such an early recruitment, but... I'm not- I guess they they realise these this group of faithful are pretty good and they get a traitor out immediately. So maybe production mm. were like, oh god, like we we need to make sure we've got enough traitors to keep this going. I was going to mention that actually, I, I think production would have been fucking few <laughs> having them out this early because you had it out and then you had with the radio presenter guy out within I think two episodes apart. So I imagine production were like these are two of the biggest names that we've put in and they are crap. <laughs> you know, it's, so, it's so like, funny that you said the radio presenter guy because I also can't remember his name and I just wrote down <laughs> Australian Chris Evans because <laughs> not Chris Evans, the Marvel star, by the way, Chris Evans, no, Chris, the like the UK DJ. Yes. So, like, I couldn't remember his name, so I just was like, Australian Chris Evans, that'll do. So, 
I imagine the production were like, shit, this is going downhill quicker than ever. Maybe this makes them think maybe next season we'll just do civilians because we waste the top money. I think they'd be quite worried, yeah. Um, and also by episode four, uh, the, the, the traitors are three men. And even that's quite odd. It just feels mm-hmm. a bit un- unexpected or unusual. There is something I've just remembered, actually. The three traits they chose was celebrities and was not a civilian person in that group. Yeah, it's... And I wondered if you swapped Lauren for, like... Like Julia. Brody. Or, or Brody, I think yeah. Brody would be fantastic. I'll get on to that in a bit, because I think that was... Um, I don't know what they were thinking. But I almost think... But then Brody was a TV star, so maybe Robin would have been... Because I'm trying to think of the women who was not... I mean, Julia would have been a good one. Julia. And Robin, because they were the only two that were civilians. The rest were all celebs. Uh, there was... Is it Vanda? Is that the lady's name? Oh, she's a right. She's a crime right. She'd be. Oh, she's a crime right. She's a crime right. But you could have, because as much as I think writers are slabs in their own right, there's different. I don't think that that they're not the same as like the. To me, they always get back, and I kind of want to see some writers in opposition now. But she's um Justine would have been good the comedian. Oh, just oh, I loved her. She was she. Made... I thought she was fantastic. She, she was, was great. so funny. But yeah, um, I think maybe not using slabs, but then you've only got two women to pick from. One of them will get on to win a bit. And Julia would have been interesting because she was a former police officer. Yes, yes. So we mentioned Robbie briefly and I said we would come back to her. So now's the time. Uh, I feel Robbie was so hard done by. And I... So Robbie gets recruited sort of um, about halfway through the season but before she was recruited, she was sort of always a target throughout the whole season. And I can't figure out why. Like, they always were sort of picking on her. Like, they always were having a go at her because they thought she was a traitor. And I, I couldn't ever figure out why they were so hard on her. And then the horrible thing is that she then gets recruited. And it's pretty obvious to us as viewers why they're recruiting her because they're just going to immediately get rid of her. And and even Robbie realised that. So in epi- it's actually in episode six. She asks them, that, and at that point it's Dan and Brooke who are the traitors. They recruit her and she immediately asks them in the traitor's tower, have I, be- have I been brought in just to be banished? And every time they show us that clip, they just cut it off. They like cut right there. And we don't ever see... What uh, Brooke and Dan like? How they respond to that? I don't know how they explained themselves out of it or how they lied to her. But yeah, they they did. She knew why she'd been recruited, and then they did it. The very next episode, they immediately get rid of her. So everybody else thinks, "Haha, you were a traitor all all along. We were right." And I just felt so bad for her. And I thought oh, she wasn't like she only just became a traitor. What do you think about Robbie's treatment? Human, icon woman. Needs to be an all-star. Jackie Tyler comes up to do. Amazing. Love Robbie. Um, just, I've never been so angry at how a contestant was treated. From the minute she told Brooke that she was a hairdresser, then he looked at her and went, oh, that all you do? And I'm like, easy for you to say, she's a multimillionaire. What, she's got four kids. So at the when he said that, I thought, I really don't like you whatsoever because there's a class divide already. Mm-hmm. And to me, she was just so. She's someone I'd have probably been drawn to because she was a nice person. 
I like the drinks thing annoyed me because it was like this. You felt like, and even she says it, they're just doing it because everyone is doing it. Some of these people don't really feel that way. They're just doing it because I'm an easy target. And it's like, it was, I looked at it and I felt very, it didn't feel like it was funny. It felt a bit like they were all picking on it. And I do think her job had something to do with it. Because as soon as she said she was in there dressed with her that you just felt, again, especially from Brooke and that lot, they were a bit like, oh. And even when they were talking about recruiting her, I thought, the way they were talking about it, you think she was like a bit of muck on the ship. I was like, well, give us some respect. Like, and then, like you say, if you cut it off, which you can with the traitors, I get annoyed at that. And it does, it's annoying that they didn't even go back and show us what they said to her. Yeah. Um, but then, again, iconic player, she does the wink of there. And then yeah. it made me think, because you've discussed this a few times, how do they stop it? But then I wanted, I want them to say, I am a traitor, but I was a recruiter. It's it's you've you've picked up on exactly what I wanted to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. That first of all, yeah, she at, at the banishment table when it's basically her first banishment as a traitor, and then she immediately gets kicked out. She has that moment. She's sitting beside Dan. He's her fellow traitor, and he instantly turns on her and backstabs her. And she does that thing where she just stares at him and winks, so that everybody can see it. And it's. It's sorry. This is full of spoilers for other seasons, but um, so if you don't want to hear them, don't listen. It's it's so UK season one. It's so Kieran parting gift, all that stuff. Um, so she's very clearly yeah. She wants everybody else to see it. That's her way of of being really annoyed and telling the others. By the way, he's a traitor, mm-hmm. and it's exactly like you said. I thought. This is this inev- what I think is an inevitable problem in this game. How do producers stop the players from doing that? Like, and it's since since I started watching the Traitors UK mm-hmm. at the end of last year, it was the main question I had when I was thinking about how this game works. Was how do they stop a player who's a traitor from being banished and then just telling everybody else? And it's I know it's very unlikely. But it's not impossible. And if a if a traitor's banished, stands up, is really angry about being banished, mm. I don't know what's to stop them from just saying, by the way, it's him, him and her. Like yeah. it would it would absolutely ruin the filming process. The 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 production company would be having a nightmare if that happened. It would ruin yeah. everything. Unless I mean, unless the other traitors played it off and said, Oh, they were just lying. I'm not, you know, they would have to defend it would be so difficult. So I mean I don't know it's, how they do stop that other I mean, than... Sorry, on you go. It's okay, sorry. Um, I mean, you've got Ari in the US as well that was trying to guide them and say, look, serious playing this game, but he didn't know what they say. I kind of think with Robin, even if she did, I'm almost like, I don't care. She was dogged on from the minute she set foot in that game and I'm like, kind of shows, and I wondered if they let her do it because it's like, look, she's not a thick player. She's clever. Mm-hmm. So she could have just talked that and not. I mean, it was the most obvious wink I've ever seen. She didn't even act. <laughs> I felt so bad for Robbie oh. that emotionally I didn't mind that she did it because I thought, quite right, okay. you've been treated pretty pretty poorly by these guys. But yeah, I've been trying to think of, you know, I've been trying to think, how do they stop this from happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've spoken about this on the podcast before with David Bloomberg. And David, who's a reality TV guru, connoisseur, expert, 
And David has suggested that maybe it's something that has to be written into contracts that if you're chosen as a traitor and you spoil it by telling other, you know, giving away either through your words or through very obvious body language, you will be not invited back for any promotional uh, that you know you won't you won't be invited to the big launch party. We won't do interviews with you. Um, we'll edit you out the show within an inch of your life. So they they could place all these sort of restrictions on players and say mm-hmm. if if you ruin the game by doing this, here are all the things that we're going to do to mm-hmm. you, and you're going to have to agree to that. Or yeah, the alternative is to completely change the way banishment works mm-hmm. and not give the players an opportunity to ruin you know they're not giving traitors an opportunity to reveal who the other traitors are by doing something like anonymous votes like so they don't they don't show each other and and it's sitting around a table they something like big brother they just get called to the diary room Mm -hmm. and then told you've been evicted you're out so they they don't even get to see the other players to 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 give Mm -hmm. them any clues i that, that i guess that leads on to really the next big thing well, I was going to talk about how good the faithful are, but we've probably kind of covered that. That I mean, compared to, and again, spoilers ahead, if you've watched Australia Season 2, the cast of New Zealand differ an awful lot because oh. this is a good set of faithful. Good in terms of they are good at, they have good traders. They're really good at finding traitors. So by the finale, the faithful of New Zealand have already found four traitors and banished them. They found Lauren, they found Australian Chris Evans, Robbie and Dan. By the finale in Australia season two, they have found one traitor. And the only reason they found that one traitor is because a fellow traitor told everybody else who they were, basically. Um, so why, why do you think this group of faithful were so good at finding traitors? Um... I think, I mean, again, there's still, there's, there's times they still royally messed up, but the majority of the time, I think it's just, they did what Australia should have done. As soon as something's wrong or not right, go on it. And like Tom says, in the UK season, to poor Ivan, if I'm wrong, get rid of me. And I think that almost has to be like a new rule for the show. <laughs> like almost yeah. sacrifice stuff that goes wrong, but they all did it and it pays off. Yeah, I think you're and right. I, I wonder if they all know, again, with the celebs being the traces and these people knowing each other outside the world, maybe the... And this is something that was mentioned a lot of times. Like, before Bluff was brought in, he was going, well, Dan's a tracer because I know him. And the radio guy was like, I'd never have met my wife because he and I'm like, oh, I really don't care. <laughs> um, like, I don't care about stuff. So, but, I, again, this is the only each other. So I'm like, maybe this could be part of it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That yeah, several of the cast members knew one another and therefore were able to recognise they're behaving differently from the way that I know them outside of this. That makes me think something funny is going on here. Uh, so that's that's a huge part of it. And I agree with the first thing you said as well. I, I think this group of faithfuls oh. often made up their minds kind of before they went into the banishment and then just stuck to it. I think they... If something very obviously traitorish happened, they were pretty good at talking about it with one another, 
yeah. and not letting go of it. So they would get to banishment and they would say, I'm sorry, you did this thing mm-hmm. the other day and I can't stop thinking about it. So yeah. I'm going to vote for you tonight. Whereas in Australia, <laughs> Sam could do Sam could literally say to them all, by the way, I'm a traitor. They would walk into the banishment room and and have amnesia and completely forget what had happened oh, and then okay. all change their minds at the last minute. Oh. I mean, also, I forgot to mention there was a woman at the beginning who was banished. She was a psychic. And she yeah, was the other oh. girl that wasn't a celebrity. And yes. she actually was bang on as well on, I think, the radio guy and Dan. And I think she was feeling Lawrence so Jackson had all three of them names. Yeah. Uh, so I she forgot. was like a good clan. Forgot. I, I literally just remembered it in the head and I was like, she could have been a good traitor, actually. I think she could have been quite a fun traitor as well. Because she wasn't like Clary, she was more just, I think to me, she was more the spirit of trust. I don't think she was actually beside her. And just in case anyone hasn't seen Australia, um, so Chloe, Chloe was a contestant in season one of Australia and she was clairvoyant and uh, was a, a a brilliant TV character. She was absolutely brilliant casting because she was very unpredictable, did some wild stuff, uh, created lots of conversations, and I think probably annoyed a lot of the cast. So uh, I just love that you said this This is good, Chloe. <laughs> and also, if you want to hear my thoughts on Chloe, I am on that episode. Oh, of course. You're, <laughs> you're my co-host on that episode. So uh, people can hear my thoughts on Chloe, but this girl—I don't know her name—but she would have been. I think she's been good as a traitor because I completely forgot about her. I just thought that. Yeah, it's a shame that she was gone so early. But again, I think when you're coming in with this anti-psychic thing, it's going to make people think, right, get rid of them because yes. they could be quite clever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now I think overall, I think as I say, this group of faithfuls made. The Australian faithfuls, oh, like I would have loved to have seen the New Zealand faithfuls invade Australia and see how they've done that game because Sam would not last the five seconds. Yes, we're going to talk about the finale of New Zealand now, and this is, I, I have more notes just on the finale than I do on all of our other points so far combined. Uh, I really. I loved the finale of this. I was I found it really exciting, great fun. I had so many thoughts. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a bit about the mission in the in the finale. We're going to talk about the fire pit. I want to talk a little bit about Sam, the contestant, individually. Um, yeah. So let's let's begin at the at the start of the finale. We we go into the final episode with two traitors, three faithful, which. And I couldn't help. I had. It's funny because Traitors New Zealand and Traitors Australia season two were kind of broadcasting basically at the same time. So I was switching between both of them. So I can't help but make comparisons. For the finale of Australia season two, it wasn't. The numbers weren't that different. It was three traitors, two faithful. So it was just sort of the opposite. But but just feels so different. Like I definitely felt. I felt at the start of the New Zealand finale, yeah. I, th- I th- thought the faithful were probably going to do a pretty good job. I I didn't think the traitors were going to get away with it. Uh, let's talk about this mission. This the the mission in the finale is fascinating and insane. Uh, 
so they have this mission where there are they take the the remaining players and they are all taken away on their own and they are given their own individual tasks to complete. And they're told that if uh, four out of the five of you complete this task, you'll win, I think it's like $12,000 maybe. Okay. If fewer than four of you out of the five complete it, you'll all fail. So you're on your own. You don't know what the other players are going to do. So the pressure's on you to complete this mission that you're about to be given. The level of difficulty of challenges is on such a huge spectrum. So, Julia is tasked with something that I think you would do on like a spa weekend. She's asked to go into a cryogenic chamber for a few minutes um, and just be cold for a while. <laughs> I would have been like, um, okay, I'll, where, where's the challenge? Um, like, I think we were supposed to think it was going to be really... Oh my god, she's going to be like so cold, her limbs are going to fall off. But I was like, if this is a thing that exists in some facility where members of the public can go and do it, it, it can't be dangerous. Like, it can't be that bad. So she didn't seem like she had much of a much of a challenge there. I mean, it's hot there, so it's not a challenge of anything. <laughs> she's getting a bath. Like that was the first thing I thought when I seen it. I was like. It's boiling because all they have worn is shorts and t-shirts <laughs> and mini skirts, which she wore on that laser challenge, which was ridiculous and iconic. But I just thought, well, what like is is she a producer's daughter or something? Because I was like, that was pleasant. like anyone. And I'm sorry if it's about ninety degrees out there, I'd jump in there. That's yeah. probably the most. I mean, put it this way: if we were still in the UK, I would like to see a hot. Hot sauna where you probably couldn't. Whereas that wasn't even like cryogenically cold. I was thinking it'd be free. Like when you watch Dan's work with Zach Ekron and you get in that cold bath and you think that's freezing. That would have been more impressive. Yeah, like Dunker and some ice, like right under the water. Or I thought it would be an entire chamber where your whole body's yeah. in it. She just stands with her head. Like poking out, like having a great time. Um, so that was strange. Uh, then uh, let's go through them. Sam, Sam's mission oh. is to get this hideous haircut. So he's got to get this monk haircut. Um, and he does it because he's a good sport and he wants to win the money. And, and you know, hair, he's, he's, his hair will grow back and it's it's a very temporary thing and he's just going to look a bit silly for a while but it's not really the end of the world I sort of thought, so he, he does it and he gets his hair cut it, it's a bit humiliating, I mean they make him sit then like at the round table with his <laughs> insane new I, I, I just kept thinking if it was me, I would have done it I would have been like okay fine I'll do it but when we get back to the hotel, can someone give me some fucking clippers, like to just finish it off? Like, can some like don't make me sit for the rest of the show with this stupid haircut? Like, can I just? I would have just found some scissors in a kitchen somewhere, but like I'll just cut the rest off so I don't look like a complete weirdo. But no, I'm not calling monks weirdos. Don't get offended. Don't write. No, I've met a monk in Thailand, but that's stuff people being blessed by one. Um, but no, I just thought that was the cruelest. I mean, I also wonder how are these tasks picked? Well, actually, funny you say that. I, I, 
how are they? Do you mean how are they assigned to different players, or how, how did they come up with it? Yeah, how would they? Because I thought Colin would have been better with a haircut one. Oh, go, okay. Well, I see what you mean because he has long hair. He's I, very I think. Well, Colin says briefly. I don't. I don't know if it's a religious thing or not. Uh, he just says oh, just because he mentions. He says I wouldn't cut my hair, and I don't know if he just means because it's just a. A stylish thing, or if there was some other actual fundamental reason for that, but he he says, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't cut my hair. So I wonder if the producers knew that about him and just were like, "There's no point in giving him that. He's never going to do it." Next up, I'm going to talk about these two together. Uh, Colin and Brooke are given kind of like I'm a celebrity style challenges. So Colin has to eat some like gross, well, to me, gross, disgusting thing i can't remember what it is and brooke has to get in a bath and then just have like maggots and cockroaches poured in him uh i first of I, I well i'm vegan so i wouldn't eat the thing the meat thing i, I mean i just instantly would be like i'm not going to do that i'm telling you right now goodbye um we've lost the money <laughs> that just wouldn't even be a question for me um the maggots and cockroaches Brooke is having a full-on meltdown about it. like he's clearly phobic like he really is like literally screaming um I, I mean I kind of did think like calm down a bit but uh, <laughs> like he was worried about them going up his nose and I thought and he's and I thought well the more you scream like the worse you're gonna make <laughs> just just sit still it's unbearable but just sit still and don't make a sound um I I'm gonna go in a bit of a I'm gonna go in my soapbox here. This is just a personal thing. I this I don't watch I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. I've never watched it, and I never will. I just... I know people are going to be like, calm down, Matthew, get a life. I just ethically am not into TV shows using animals in a really gross, horrible way for entertainment, okay? Even if it's insects and bugs and people think, Matthew, that doesn't count, calm down. I just... I just not here for, like... Let's just pour a bunch of creatures in a bath and some of them will probably get squished and killed and then we'll all laugh at it. So for me, I just don't find it entertaining and I don't like it. Uh, what do you think of these two missions? About a very good shock trial. Um, I did enjoy... I think Colin was probably the most mentally prepared. Yeah, so calm. Um, so calm. Brooke, I was ecstatic being tortured. Because <laughs> I thought you've done this a half of the bloody players without any problem. Um, just for Robbie. Um, get a little start. Um, but now I think for me it was just nice to see him get a bit of comeuppance because I thought the way he treated everyone was just, again, it's that line of being super, it's almost bringing personal into it and it's like this is the game and I think even traitors forget. But now it was um, fun to watch. And yeah, Colin's. I mean, I used to watch. I dip in and out of hands. That's where it's stuck a bit now. Um, but yeah, it was just like, I mean, I don't with the eyeballs. I think one of them could have been. It. Yeah. it made me feel physically sick. Um, but it was probably. I think it was interesting how it was all different challenges for different psychological sides. So Sam's was more. I think. I mean, I just shaved that off as soon as I got back. I wouldn't have kept that any look like a race. So in a way, that was more, if you're conscious about how you are, which I think Sam is, it was a bit like, 
well, he, I don't know whether he was, but there was times I thought he was a bit self-conscious in himself at times, and he needed to confidence. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, that knocks your confidence massively. Collins, again, he was then, <laughs> Julius was a walk on the park, and I'd say with Brooks, it was very, um, what's the word? It's just, I think he just made a bigger deal than what it was, really. And then, what did Anna say? So Anna was the most outrageous one, because Anna was asked to get a tattoo of the Tracer's logo. And funnily enough, I mean, I, I thought this was wild no matter what, but just on a really recent episode, uh, Stephen, who was a co-host for episode uh, eight, I think, Stephen Ripley, Stephen talked to me about one of the uh, Dutch versions of the show, and he's, he described that this was a mission. So New Zealand have obviously borrowed this from the Dutch version, because when Stephen told me this on that episode, I thought it was his lie for the game. I thought that he was making this up, that a contestant had been asked to get a tattoo, but it was real. So they so they did it for New Zealand as well. They asked Anna to go and get a, a, tat a huge tattoo of the Traitor's logo. Thank God she didn't do it. Um, I it's, it's wild that they would put... I actually have a... I, again, I don't want to get on my high horse, but... I think it's a little bit shady of them to put someone in that position because, like, I know they can say no, and she did say no. She was just like, "I'm not doing it." But I think when you're like propositioning someone with twelve thousand dollars and putting psychological pressure on someone, I don't know. I think that's a bit of dodgy area, and there is no way that in the UK the BBC would would ever use this as a mission. No. Absolutely not. So, like, I just know UK BBC encourage someone to get a permanent tattoo for a game show, not going to happen. Uh, what, I mean, what do you think about the tattoo challenge? It's, it's, it was interesting, so I did think, because it be, do you remember one of the kids once that you got as a kid's where you put it on? <laughs> yeah, a little transfer. I did wonder if, because in, I remember the one Holland episodes I've watched where, I think I've discussed that challenge with you, where they were all in the coffin, but they weren't buried alive, they were just on the ground. Yeah. So I did think maybe they're playing tricks on her and it is just a peel off one, and they're just telling her it's real. And good on her for saying, no, I mean, would I have done it? I mean, they do it on a show called Dragula, which is like a drag race alternative. And they have our contestants get tattoos. Um, so, yeah, um, that is quite... It has happened before. But, again, I think with that show, I'm guessing they might know before mm -hmm. So they'll sign waivers, whereas she probably didn't even know this was going to happen. Because, again, you don't know who's getting to the final of this show. Yeah, yeah. And it makes me think what the chances have been different based on... He was amazing. Perhaps, yeah. Just a final note on that mission is again, uh, Brooke getting in the bath in the middle of like a field with some guy just pours bugs out a bucket was also screaming budget to me. <laughs> I was just like, wow, yeah. this cost a few pounds to hire this guy from like a zoo or whoever he is. And yeah. so, like we said, Anna is actually the only one who refuses the challenge. Which means four out of five of them do complete their challenges and they win all this $12,000. Towards the end of the episode then, we move towards, we've got the fire pit. Uh, I, I, I realised something in this final section that I'll talk about now actually. Um, something that's come up in, in previous uh, seasons of The Tracers is the question of whether or not 
the players should be told when a recruitment is taking place. So it's something that in Australia season one, some of the players brought up when I interviewed them on the podcast. They said that when, uh, towards the end of Australia season one, there's a recruitment and the, the faithful aren't told about it. So they have no idea that there's an extra traitor in the mix. It's it's again, spoiler alert, it's when Kate gets recruited. The, the other players aren't told there was a recruitment that night. And I'll, and I'll, the players in hindsight felt that was a little bit un, unfair because they just then, they had no idea. They already didn't really know how many traitors there were, but this made it even more difficult for them to know how many traitors there were. And so I've always also thought, yeah, that is unfair. That's not fair on the faithful. However, I realised when I was watching the finale of Traitors New Zealand, actually, I can see why they don't tell them when there's a traitor recruited, because you end up in this scenario, which is kind of what happens in the finale here. If the faithful know, if the faithful have got a really, really good idea of how many traitors there are, it actually makes the end of the game not work properly. So the end of the game is the players have to decide when to stop voting. And if they know how many traitors there are, they'll just keep voting. They'll If they know there are two traitors left, we've only found one, we are 100% sure there's another one, so we're going to just... That's what will happen. So you won't get a scenario when they just go, no, we're happy, we think we're all faithful, hooray, we've won. So I, I don't know if this makes sense. You actually need the faithful to not know how many traitors there are so that they keep potentially voting or not voting to finish the game. So they can't know how many there are. I mean, I think this batch of more love because they just seem to know this game really well. It's like they must have studied Australia and again, I don't know whether they got our versions, but they must have studied that because they seem to just know how it all works even when I think Colin got recruited, it felt like there was a part of them that was a bit unsure at times. Yeah, I... And it's like, they would have, I think they would have known regardless, because if Colin hadn't have been recruited, I think they would have known what have been it. And then it's like, yeah, they're almost going to have to change this entire, again, I feel the show's always going to have to change certain bits of time goes on, because for people watching it and going in, if you've got New Zealand players, they're going to be like, that. shit, they're going to know everything. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna to have to throw them off. But when you watched Australia with Camille, they did that a bit differently. They never recruited. She wasn't given a life or death situation. Yeah. And that was something I thought because again, Kieran has it. I think Hardy has it. Collins has it. Yeah. But Australia didn't have it. Maybe because Sam's doing the job for them, so they didn't really need to do the still there. But I do think maybe. Like you say, I I want to see a season where there's five or six traces. Uh, from the get-go, you mean? Either from the get-go or just recruit people in the middle, even if people haven't gone. You've got that lesser waiting. But so say all of them have lasted in New Zealand. Because what happens if all of them last all the way through and you've got this like life or death thing? Is someone going to come in as a fifth tracer? Well, I mean, tra- Australia season two basically ended up with... <laughs> Like three traitors and one faithful RAP saying that was just <laughs> um, and she was lucky to get there. Um, but I think when you think about this season, like say Lauren, the radio guy, Robbie, Dan, Brooke, and Colin, 
day six, what happens if these are recruits of Collingwood that I made six trades for them then? Because they both suddenly said, deserve a six to three. Mm-hmm. So I almost think in a way, maybe put it up seven faithful, seven traces. I'd rather see it change a bit and make it more exciting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, because I, this, if you have New Zealand players like the way they are, the next season's just going to be as <laughs> knocking them all down like the Olympians. Yeah, it could be interesting to start to start the game with a lot more tra- They'd have to tell them that. They'd have to say... Because as it is, they always tell them there are between three and five. It could be really interesting if they start a season by saying there could be any number of traitors and and just leave it at that. And they could have. They could imagine they started with ten traitors and like and ten faithful. I mean, the only sample is you need about forty players. Well, that's true. Yeah, because they just because if you add twenty five, they'd murder them all. Yeah, <laughs> all the faithfuls would be murdered by like four episodes in. <laughs> I think maybe for an all stars. The way Drag Race season one's a bit like maybe for an all stars they do make it like fifty of the biggest contestants that this show has seen, and literally ten of them get chose, and they yeah. change it round how they do banishments and mazes. That would be probably insane, amazing. like amazing, but wild and and probably unfilmable. Like <laughs> you probably you can't film fifty people, although. They did uh, that show on Netflix, Physical 100, and that had 100 contestants, yeah. <laughs> and that was amazing. So, hey. Yes, like we've alluded to, Colin is banished uh, at the banishment room, at the round table, and at the, we end up at the fire pit with the final four. And again, like we've spoken about, the the remaining players are so sure that there is still a traitor left, and I... Don't, I still don't know how. I don't know why they're so sure about that. They're they're because they, again they didn't know at the start of the game how many traitors there were. As yeah. far as they're concerned, they've already banished five play, five traitors. So I don't know why they're so sure there's still another traitor left. So my my note just says poor Julia. That's the next thing that I've written. Like it. It's a shame, like she. To, I know you can say this for any series. She gets this far, but this far as a faithful, only to be kicked out right at the, like the end game. I I really felt so sorry for her, and she seemed to take it really well. Like she just sort of was smiled, and you know she she wasn't didn't seem angry or anything like that. So I thought she was a good, uh, a good player, a good sport. But I, I felt really bad for her to get eliminated at this point. Um. The thing is, after this is this is when I realised I had all these thoughts about. Wait a minute, this is why they don't tell them if there's a recruit. But what I realised is Julia. So they banish Julia. She says, "I'm a faithful." Off she goes, and you can tell as a viewer they're just going to keep going now. They're just going to keep going and going and going um, until they've because they're so convinced there's a traitor left, which sort of made me think, oh. Right, they're going to find Brooke then. It's it's it sort of made me realise what was about to happen, yeah. and then also questioned. Well, wait a minute. What happens? What if they got? What if they voted out Anna next, and Anna left, and then there was only two people? I thought, well, what the hell would happen then? However, the host Paul actually does tell us what happens when there are two left. When so when the, well, basically we know what happens, right? They they get rid of Brooke. They find him, he's a traitor, off he goes. And Anna and Sam are the last two players. And Paul, the host, tells us 
there are only two of you left, which means the game ends. So that kind of answered my question. I thought, all oh, right, if you get down to two players, the game just automatically ends. And if you happen to be stuck with a traitor, then that's then the traitor takes all the money and off they go. Um so but but yeah, my my overarching thought at this point was, oh, Brooke's screwed. Like if you're if you're left as the final traitor and the faithful are convinced there's a traitor left, you've not really got much of a chance unless no. you unless you somehow survive to the final two and then the game just ends. I know that's all very complicated. Uh so but I I, I just got the impression Brooke knows he's not gonna last here. Like Brooke must see the writing on the wall. He knows shit, they know there's still a traitor. Anna and Sam seem to get on really well. They're going he must have known they were going to vote out him. Uh but you you had some thoughts on the on the fire pit. So what did you think of this? Oh, I have massive thoughts. I almost think as well get rid of the banishment table, the final five, do the final five five here. So I, I think that's why the round table's there. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. It does feel funny to do two big things in one episode to have like a banishment in the banishment room and then go to the fire pit. Yeah, I see what you yeah, mean. I'd rather just, just do the fire pit. pit. If there's more people, and to me, I think change the rules a bit because Anna and Sam, well, Anna and Sam were there, but say they were there and Brooks there, you know, they were. There's more of them than there is thingy. If it was just when. Alex and Craig were there. Craig was massively lost. There wasn't a chance for Craig to win, so why should Brooke have the chance to win if he's the last chance there? Mm-hmm. This is where the rules need to kind of be a bit more sorted out, a bit or a bit more rehashed, but it does feel it's very confusing when you think about it. Just don't give yourself a headache thinking yeah. the logistics <laughs> of Boss in the traitor's favour. It's unbelievable. And we've all, I know you said that in the past, we've said that ourselves. The traitors literally have more chance of winning this than anyone. Yeah. Because they, they, they were continuing that with two of them and it would Brooke. I'm like, no, it should have ended. Yeah. He shouldn't have had a chance because he's overpowered by true faithfuls. But I also wish when Julia and, I'm just thinking what's wrong to Julia and um, Colin went, I think they should sit on a chair. I don't think they should leave. I think they should sit there and watch the rest of it unfold. Because I'd want to see their reactions to the whole thing. Because it just it feels a bit down when everyone's gone. And then, like, could you imagine in Australia if you're all sitting on the chair to stand on that or two in there? Like, I just think sending them off is just a shame. Yeah, it's funny you say that actually because someone, I can't remember who, I'm really sorry, it was either a co-host or somebody sent me a message on Instagram and made this really interesting suggestion. Someone said, what might be great, actually I know who it was, So it was someone uh, I work with, made a suggestion and said, what if after somebody got banished, and you know how sometimes they show them in the car leaving the hotel? Not always, but sometimes they show that. Mm-hmm. It could be really fun if they get them in the car and they're doing their exit interview and they hand them an envelope and they say, here's who the traitors are. And they get to open up and they find out who the traitors were because then you would get to see the reaction yeah. going, oh my God, I can't believe it was them. I can't believe I didn't know. So that actually could be quite fun to see the banished players finding out who the traitors were. It would. The only thing that worries me now is I wonder if 
because we've said a few times, could they do something where they bring them back? Yeah, so that would that would eliminate that possibility. There's also a problem. What I've realised is, and I've I've also mentioned a few times on the podcast. Oh, maybe you could get banished or murder players back in the game. Actually, that will never work. You would have to fundamentally change the game because when a player leaves the traitors, everybody finds out what their status was. So if somebody's murdered, that means they were faithful. So you know for a hundred percent they were faithful. When someone's banished, they have to say. I'm a faithful or I'm a traitor. So every time somebody leaves this game, the rest of the players know 100% if they're a traitor or a faithful. So they can't then come back into the game because everybody knows what they are, unless you bring people back and their status could have changed. So you could imagine yeah. you, you're, someone leaves, they were a faithful, but they come back and they're told, now you're a fa- now you're a traitor, and, and the players don't, they could do something like that, I guess. I wanted to just talk a little bit about Sam. Finally, Sam seems like a lovely guy, great player. Well, great player in some great person is what I should say. I don't actually think he was that great a player all the time. <laughs> I think he was think really um, fooled by some of the traitors. What I find the most interesting thing about Sam is. That it's strange, the all the other players, well, all the other faithful, they just unanimously agree that Sam's a one hundred percent faithful. Like they never question him throughout the series, or if they do, we never see it on camera. So they just all seem to are like, well, yeah, it's just they just universally accept Sam's a faithful. Sam's obviously a faithful. There's no way he's a traitor, and I don't think he ever had a vote all season in banishment. No one ever put no. his name down. And I thought, it just struck me, I thought, isn't it strange how every now and then in the Traitors, you get a player who's just universally sort of loved and universally believed? So I think my other equivalents would be probably Andrea in the UK, Angel Andrea. I think pe- she probably did get one or two votes, but generally the the other players just seem to never even seriously question that she was a traitor. Mm-hmm. I think she had one vote. I think Sam's actually the first. I think first probably get her. He's never had his name mentioned in that room. Yeah. In any of the English yeah. and I don't think there's one. Even Alex's name came up by case in the ends. I think if there were others, they all left really early on. So I, I could think thing, of... Yeah. Um, do you remember Paul in season two of Australia? So he was the guy who'd been attacked by a shark. Yes. Yeah, he, now he was he was murdered really early on in the game, but I think he also just everybody warmed to him and just assumed he was thoroughly honest and was one hundred percent faithful. Yeah. And they never and actually I think that's why he was murdered because the traitors thought yeah. he's never going to get banished. Everyone loves him, yeah. so just it just made me think, isn't it really interesting that sometimes mm-hmm. you get a player who everyone just completely believes as a faithful and they don't even mm-hmm. question it. And I wonder mm-hmm. what was it about Sam that made him have that effect on people? It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I just, before I forget to say this, Anna was lucky to get there because they were going to either raise a Julia or Anna. That's and true. one of them would won that shield. Mm. And you said that in, I think, one of the Australian episodes, like, what happens if you went to someone who had the shields? He did in this, yeah. and she survives. Yeah, and the way it plays out is sort of actually quite undramatic. That like she just shows up at breakfast the next day, and it's like, oh, you just. And you up. know what was weird? 
she should have thought Brooks a traitor because as soon as I walk through the door, he's shitting himself as I'm here. <laughs> because he's thinking, oh my God, she's alive. There's five people left. And she didn't pick up on that. So I was like, I don't think... Again, it's interesting when you see players with strong-minded people and you'll agree with them. But as soon as them big players like Rosie and that are gone and you're on your own, you're almost having to just mould yourself to everyone else. So I actually don't think, other than Julia, who I think was probably the strongest because she'd be the two the most out of the three of them. I kind of think, other than Sam, any of them were the ones. Yeah. Um, my final note on Sam is... That he does this really funny thing at the end when it's it's him and Anna who are left and they have to reveal whether they're a faithful or traitor. And he does this dramatic pause before he says that he's a faithful. Um which just it just kind of made me laugh. I just thought that was really fun of him to do that. Uh I I love the ending. Uh I, even though I kind of felt it was a bit predictable. I, it was just uh, very sweet. I really loved seeing how happy Anna and Sam were. Um, they seemed to be really good friends. They it was just it was just a lovely a lovely moment. So I felt quite satisfied at the end of the season. It was interesting when they revealed because she says I never doubted you for a moment, and there was a bit of me when I think he said, "But I actually doubted you a little." Bit. <laughs> yeah, he did. And he's like what? He's like. And it was like, after watching Australia and having hot conversations most of the time, I was like, I'm glad this is a bit predictable. We've got a happy ending of people that have worked really hard. Because I would say out of the English speaking, this was the most hardest working traces I had ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, they would have went, I mean, yeah, they went a bit like all over the place and um, stuff like that. But they got it nice. From Australia, it was a breath of fresh air. Our, our final few minutes, probably on New Zealand, I just wanted to devote to the host. Uh, Paul Henry hosts the show. I, the people listening to the podcast can't see, but Joe is making a face that tells me everything I need to know about his thoughts on Paul. Uh, I found I found Paul a bit of a non-entity as a host. I just I, I didn't get the impression that. There was any on on camera. There was no real interaction with the players. Everything was completely hundred percent scripted. He was playing a character, and the character is quite cold and serious and mysterious. But I just, as a viewer, I had no reason to warm to him. And maybe I'm not supposed to warm to the host. Maybe that's not the function of the host on the show. But I just, by the end, I thought, oh, I don't really care about you, and I don't feel like I've gotten to know you and I, I do think that makes a difference actually because like a traitor's australia right obviously i'm in love with roger corser but i feel like by the end of the season he's had his little his dad jokes and his silly silly quips that he makes and his funny lines and it, i get the impression he the players really like him and they like smile and cheer when roger walks in and of course claudia in uk is claudia she's just she breaks characters so often because she just wants them to do so well. So she's cheering them on and screaming during the missions. Um, Alan. Paul, Alan is a bit more like Paul, I think. Like, very, very much treating it as, like, an acting role. 
but that's he's so he's such a good actor and he's so dramatic and over the top it's really funny to watch alan but paul i just thought you just kind of seem like a miserable old man i don't know why you've been chosen for this i don't care about you uh what do you think about paul where to start? Um, not likable in slices. Supposed to the contestants at times when I thought this feels personal. Like, there's the times he just belittling them, and I'm like, you're meant to be helping them. <laughs> um, like, I didn't even think he was on anyone's side. I almost think, are you, because like you say, are we meant to like the host? But I think of this, I think of Coach Trip with Brenzen, one of the likable hosts. Um, and people like that, and he just wasn't, because they're the people that are times in the rating it for us, they're meant to be guiding us through it and helping, and I didn't feel, I mean, if I wasn't anything thinking, I think he owns a wine business, so to me it's like he came across like most of ours, because all he had was a glass of wine in his hands. Um, again, he's not an alcoholic, he's probably an okay person, whatever you believe, son, that's fine, but to me he came across like Patsy and Eddie. <laughs> Needs a place because all the others lost the wine. Um, he just didn't, and the cane, and because he's not an actor, see, this thing with Alan Cumming, Alan Cumming's an actor, we know what he's, well, what we perceive he's a nice person. This guy almost felt like he was just playing himself. Yeah. And it was like, this you're only here, a bit like Name Norton on Drag Race UK, you're only here because you work on our network, and we've probably got no one else to pick from. <laughs> so, I hope he gets recasted to do season two. I mean, do you think this could get a season two in fairness? Uh, I have no idea. Um, I, I, I'm stumped. Uh, it's funny because I think before on the podcast, I on I think on the finale episode for Australia, I was casting a bit of doubt on another series of Traitors Australia. Actually, I think there probably will be a third season of Traitors Australia now. Uh, New Zealand, I I just have no impression of how it's been received over there. I really don't know how well it's done, if people are talking about it much. Uh, so it's complete, completely up in the air to me. I've got no intuition either way. I think if they do, like I said, put some civilians in it, maybe minor celebrities and make the prize ones a little bit bigger. Yeah. Because I don't think we won that much between them. Did that much did Sam and um, Anna win between them in the end? Uh, you, this is Probably the kind the of thing that I should have written down, and I haven't. But the least for, well, actually, think about, no, UK... UK traders, there were three winners, but there yeah. was a lot more money between them. But yeah, probably yeah. not a huge amount compared to other reality shows and reality franchises. I mean, isn't Sam and Anna, Anna's a TV presenter, isn't Sam a comedian? Sam, I, I, he's in the public eye somehow. I don't know. They were both basically the least the last one. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, it's And did you notice with Paul when um, Sam had done that mission? And I did not take it anywhere. Stands with brilliance, and he's blind. I'm like, <laughs> that made me feel really uncomfortable. As someone with brilliance, I was a bit like, right. I'm like, because I watched that, and I was like, I actually wanted to see just said that. Because I'm like, that's something you just don't say. Um, and again, he doesn't know him well enough to be judging it, and it makes me think even more slightable. 
And I was like, I can't believe that made the advert. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm I've never been to New Zealand. I've never been to Australia. I get maybe just culturally they have a much start sharper sense of humor. Like I don't know if maybe they just have a harsher sense of humor and get away with more. And I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the Australians can be quite cutting, but I can't just think they do bring someone's like, like that was almost like going always. Like I suppose you could look at it in a way and go. He's blind. Look at what he's done that people who could see couldn't do. But is there any trials from this that you bring into the UK? What? Um. Oh yes. I I like the kidnap idea. I like I... that they took two of them away very mysteriously, and they didn't know where they were. And the other players genuinely have to find that they did a sort of a pretty poor version of this in Australia season two with uh, Sarah and Hannah just chained up in like a weird house uh, <laughs> and they could see the others through some slats. Um, I suppose it was a bit different because they, they, the other three have been near, well, apparently nurses, and they did, it was a bit like putting yourself up for death row, really, this one. That's kind of what I liked about it as well. It was a bit different from the death row. Um, it might have, I mean, we wouldn't have got our likes on us for breakfast in our version of Weasel like that as well. But I think it is, and I like the dark room one where they have to do the timer. That was interesting. As oh, yeah. That. Yeah, that was. Uh... Colin made me laugh. He's used to dark rooms. <laughs> that was funny. I, I like, yeah, I like that mission because it made me, I've said this before, but. I quite like missions when you can imagine yourself doing it. Like you can really think, how would I be? Would I be good at this? Sometimes with the missions, if they're they're quite big scale, I find it quite difficult to imagine myself in that situation. But with the counting up to how long do they have to count? Ten minutes, thirteen minutes. It was fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. I could sort of think, oh, I wonder if I'd be really good at this. I think I would be good at it. Just some sometimes a, a small scale mission that you can think I could try that myself. I want to put myself to the test. I actually quite like that. I think the jump scares were interesting as well. That has been the best one, not like being in a dark room and like these random jumps. So I think we've covered most of our key points on Traitors New Zealand. Mm. However, we still have a lot to talk about because we have. Traitors Australia season two. We're just gonna we've talked about a lot about it already, but um I you were on an episode fairly early on in that podcast season, mm -hmm. so be good to get your thoughts on what happened since then. We're gonna talk a bit about Traitors uh US season two cast, which has just been announced, and Traitors mm -hmm. Canada cast and promo videos and images that have been revealed. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. 
Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. First of all, let's talk a little bit about Australia Season 2. So what uh, remind me, Joe, you were on an episode of The Trader to talk about that. What episode did you cover with me? Two. Episode two. So quite far back. Since then, uh, what what were your overall thoughts of the season? Did you end up enjoying it by the end? You're probably going to talk about Sam. Yeah, and I've never been so angry in my entire life. <laughs> like, what more do you need? Like, they were told Annabelle did a complete 180 on me and I was fully back on her and Luke was just amazing. I think Annabelle to me has got the best outline someone's ever had before Gavin that isn't super to job on anything. It was just solid. Um and it was brilliant. And I think the anthem was just it's such a shame that they didn't even tease that on the next time because I don't think I think in Australia wouldn't know what was going to happen. I think people would tune in there. Um, that's never been done on. I don't know whether it's ever been done in any, to be honest. But like the golden balls thing, I loved. Again, very well, it's not in the UK. It was a game show that was eight years ago, but it was a very similar concept. I actually would have preferred if they'd have all done it at the same time rather yeah. than one after. I'd rather than just go one, two, three, bang. Um. I think Sarah being told they were all traitors, that was like, as much as she played it, probably the most sickest of anything someone played again. Um, again, she was one of my favourite contestants, but that was just like, yeah, why not just start? And again, why didn't Camille go look at the recruiters? And again, because they're probably thinking oh, she's been it from the beginning. But then, because I think they'll forget Roger's told them because, well, maybe they forget how to play the game after her. But it was just, it was a good season. I've never felt so sick watching every episode, thinking he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. And the editor made it so clever. But then sadly, he stayed. But then I think Camille, in my opinion, I, and I think I said Camille, in my episode, she was in a list of women. You didn't. I think yes. she basically won the game because she shoved it. No, it was good. I think it just, it became frustrating watching it because you think all these people have fantastic jobs and they're letting us know how good they are. And I'm like, you're not that good because <laughs> I, if I was your boss or patient or, not patient, but clients of saying, is that like I've been somewhere else? Because you come across more unhinged than me. Um, and it's like, and then you've got Paul being like, I'm from the FBI and some job you did because you were just, he was hot. I, he was my, he was, the way he spoke to one of them was disgusting. Um, I've never seen such a pair. And it's almost like, you see, I think going in watching that show, I'd be terrified to speak this. Because why is a woman who's very passionate and defending themselves seen as aggressive? Because I've heard that about three times in that show. Ash was offensive and aggressive. It's offensive and aggressive and mean. I'm like, why she? Someone's talked behind the back. I don't think I'd be very happy either. Annabelle, probably yeah. the sweetest out of them. 
aggressive, new, not seeing the stats yet. I think you're a traitor. But on what evidence, give me why. There almost needs to be a rule where you, like post trip, you can't just go because you voted for me the night before I'm giving you the thingy. That actually got banished in post trip in the end because it was so always used. So maybe in this, maybe stop with the whole you being defensive them that. Because at the end of the day, if someone criticised not Colin, what's that old man that's not like? Keith. Keith, that's a Keith. The wish for him Like, I would see like it if someone belittles his career and went, well, you're not a good police officer then because you're doing shit there. Don't think he's mean to you, please. No. I think you're right. The, the women in Traitors Australia Season 2 were kind of damn as in life were damned if they did damned if they didn't so if they were very vocal in the banishment room and tried to give really like impassioned pleas about why they were faithful or just tried to really point out very strongly here's why i think somebody's a traitor everyone just turned on them and was sort of like well you're too aggressive and defensive so we're going to get rid of you or on the other hand if like poor gloria they were actually just very calm and quiet they also got the same treatment. So Gloria ends up banished at the end for being too oh. quiet. So as a woman in that game, you were just kind of screwed. Even Paul Simone, even oh. she in the end when she wasn't, she was on most people's side. They'd be like, oh, you're a wrestler and that. And I'm like, what's that from the fact that she's a wrestler or just because you're... For me, it was more they scared that the women are more clever than them. That's how I felt. Like you say, a lot of people uh, agree that Camille didn't technically win, but has sort of come out as, in inverted commas, the winner. She seems to have like the backing of the viewers and just in terms of storyline, it was it was such a justified ending that even though she didn't win money, she kind of stopped the, again, in inverted commas, the villain of the show from taking the money as well. Well, I'd even say villains because I don't think Blake was that good. I didn't think he came out a bit... <laughs> Not nice in the end of times, like the votes he done, like again, like he voted for Ash as well, and I'm like, that was your perfect year to vote for Sam. And it's just like you don't make you're not any better because you're in that male. You're being too and he used that a few I think he votes for Annabelle as well. And did he vote for Simone? I can't remember. But th- again, that's always one thing I'll give Gloria as much as she thinks she always went with Blake. Yeah. I don't always think you've got to have a set of balls. If everyone's going for one person, you still go for that one person. Yeah, it may get you mates, it may even get you the cruises, but stand by your morals. I don't know why I'm saying it. Like, I've been in contestants and given people like points, but I've never been in it. But it's just, I do think for women, it's getting more, it's getting more where people are starting to just think, yeah, these women are more gobby, so they must be defensive and that. And it's like, no, because men do it and no one has them. Yeah. The men's is it in the New Zealand one and no one best than I was. Yeah, I love Joe. Your I love how your final thoughts on a season season two of Australia is just you reading everyone to filth. So we we're going to move on and talk a little bit about casting uh, because we've had some announcements about casts of. US season two, which I was really surprised at already because it's it's not even filmed yet. I think probably there were some leaks and online people were figuring out who was going off to film, so they thought we might as well just officially release who the cast are. And we're going to talk a little bit about the cast of Traitors Canada. Um, we 
we we have uh, Traitors UK as if it hasn't finished filming already, it's pretty much wrapping up any day now. We don't really know anything about the cast. Well, I know a little bit about the cast. Uh, they they're not doing celebrities in the UK. It's just like normal contest, normal civilians. Although I think you'll know, you will know one of the contestants. Kind, of, they're not a celebrity, but I can't really explain this. I'll tell you after. I'll tell you off recording. <laughs> so let's talk a bit about US season two cast. First of all, Alan coming is back. Alan's back. I saw something on X, and I don't know if this was a wind-up, that Alan's dog is going to be on the show. Did you see this? No, I didn't. So there's a... it was. Yeah, there's a post saying Alan will be back with his dog, when whatever the name of the dog is, I can't remember. And I don't know if it's a joke, but it is certainly a, a post on X. Um, let's go through the cast. Now, I'm going to admit right now, I don't know most of cast members. In fact, I think I know one, maybe two of them because they are it's a it's a full cast of celebrities or reality TV personalities and I'm not really that familiar with all of these American shows except one. So, we've got I'll go through them in in the order I have here. I've got uh, Karsten Bergerson or Berge from Love Island USA. Uh, Joe, at any point, if you know that need these people, feel free to jump in and tell me what you know. Uh, we've got Chris Tamborello or CT from the Challenge. I know that the Challenge is a like reality competition ish game show type thing in the states. Haven't seen it. We've got Dan Geesling from Big Brother. Uh, Deontay Wilder from something called Boxer. I don't even know what that is. Uh, We've got Ekinsu Kulchuloglu from Love Island UK. And I you think oh. you spoke to me about this person. I don't even watch yeah. Love Island UK, never mind Love I Island don't. US. Do you know anything about Ekinsu? So I know the name because I think she's become like a star from that show. But like the way the one who does Glow Up Island got her name, which she was from Love Island too. So she's almost become like bigger than the show. Yeah. So I know the name through that and I'm like but interesting. Why is the UK person on the US franchise? It's yeah, it's quite odd. Uh, the UK well, America. actually, I suppose I do understand. I know that uh, Love Island UK has a pretty big following in the states, even though they have their own Love Island. I um, think they really a lot of Americans really like the UK version, just in the way that they love Great British Bake Off, and they do have their own American version. But uh, so yeah, many Americans they love the UK original Bake Off and they watch it on Netflix. So I think yeah. Love Island UK has a big following there too, and therefore lots of Americans probably know her as well. <laughs> Next, we've got uh, Janelle from Big Brother. We've got Johnny, another uh, contestant from The Challenge. Am I, I? This is the first time I've actually read this list properly. Am I going mad? John Bercow is like a is a is an MP, a UK MP. What the hell's going on? It's, what a random person! Like that's the equivalent of Boris Johnson having on there. I I do know who he is. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just looking up. I the thing is I. I glanced at this cast list earlier and immediately just thought, I don't know any of these people. So I didn't read it properly. I'm just now noticing his name in the middle of this. What the hell is going on? This is bizarre. Uh, so um, 
apart from a British MP, we've got uh, Kevin Crider from Bling Empire. So he must be an actor. Is that right? Bling Empire, to me, it sounds like one of them stars reality shows. I could be wrong, but it does sound more like uh, the show's like, let me have a look, you know. It sounds like one of them American reality shows that a lot of... Yes. Uh, Bling Empire is an American reality television series released on Netflix. The series focuses on the lives of wealthy, materialistic East and Southeast Asian Americans, socialites based in the Los Angeles area. Um, it's like real-life crazy rich Asians, apparently, according to Wikipedia. In oh. case people are wondering, wow, Matthew really hasn't done any research for this podcast. This cast list was released, like, literally a couple of hours ago, right before we started recording. That's I why... I it was, like, at least 10 minutes before I started this. I really yeah. literally got it <laughs> with him then, and I was like, what's Sean John Baker being on here is the most... I'll get on to him in a minute once you've done that, because I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> uh, we've got a real housewife of Miami, Larsa Pippen. Her name is familiar to me, but I don't watch the Real Housewives yeah. franchises. We've got a basketball player, uh, Marcus Jordan. And when I first read this, I thought it said Michael Jordan. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, how have they got Michael Jordan on this? And then I read it properly. Uh, we have... I'm guessing a dancer from Dancing with the Stars. Their name is Maxim. Uh, I'm going to try and pronounce his surname. Uh, it looks sort of like Eastern European. Chemerkovsky. Chemerkovsky. Maxim Chemerkovsky. Dancing with the Stars. Uh, we've got someone from Shaz of Sunset. I know the show. I don't actually watch it. Uh, they're called Mercedes Javid or MJ. We've got a Survivor contestant, Parvati Shallow. Then we've got the one person who I know, and it's Peppermint, who is a drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race, who is really, really, really talented, really funny, has gone on to have a really great career after the show. Um, so it's really cool to see a Drag Race contestant in there. Uh, we've got Peter Weber from The Bachelor, who I'm guessing was The Bachelor. A little bit like Ari from season one. We've got Phaedra Parks. I do know this person uh, just me. purely from social media. Uh, it says you're married to medicine, but I have a feeling that uh, Phaedra might be known for other things as well. Sandra Diaz Twine from Survivor. Cherie uh, Whitfield from The Real Housewives of Atlanta. We're almost there. Tamara Judge from The Real Housewives of Orange County. And last but not least, Trishelle Canatella from Real World Las Vegas. Joe, who do you know? What are your thoughts on them? Yeah, I know of Ethan Sue through Love Island. Again, why the hell is John Baker in this? Like, that's not a reality show. And what worries me is, are they starting to turn the, like, bring the tides and bring the to our version? I suppose the only thing I can think of is they film it in the UK, they film it in the Scottish Castle. Yeah, so maybe yeah. they just thought, well, we're in Scotland. We've got a Scottish host, it's Alan. Let's just get another British person because that'll be quite fun for the Americans. And I suppose they've got the Love Island uh, woman, so she's British as well. I mean, that, I mean, but that makes sense because she's from a reality show, whereas he's a. Yeah, MP. he's like an. Uh, yeah. They could literally. His career's already nearly been destroyed because of white so much as this. But it's like, one, they're not exactly. In the UK, like, just make it clear, because a lot of people don't get it, there's two forms. There's the Conservative, which are evil, a bit like the way in America, Trump is seen, and Labour is for us. So 
and here's a Conservative. So it doesn't exactly warm my heart when I'm thinking the Conservative yeah. MP will go into that. I mean, he's not. I, we should say he's not an MP anymore. So he's a former no. MP. Oh, is he not anymore? Sorry, sorry. But still. Um. <laughs> But yeah, it doesn't exactly make me think the most trustworthy person about the train. <laughs> um, but it is interesting how they've got the same shows again. Like, um, obviously, they've got the Real Housewives. They've got more people from different areas, so that'll be interesting. Because they must know of each other. I mean, I think Peppermint's will be fantastic. I hope I don't go in life and then she comes across mean in it. That's my, that's my fear of all these shows. When you know someone in your life and you think, don't get the edit that I hope you get because <laughs> I like Peppermint. Um, I thought I'd say she should have worn Slifle. It makes me think that they're going to put more drag queens in the future because we're Canada, we're doing it. So is this more something we're going to see? Um, so I don't know about in there. I don't know anyone else, no, but it is interesting. I'm glad they're all celebrities because it knocks that barrier down of unfairness to me. I might stab each other in the back easily and I will be obsessed. But yeah, it's um, it's an interesting cast. I mean, maybe John Kerr, uh, thinking he could have swapped an attack attack to us, as long as it's 40 years old, it would have been nice to see any of their actors in the show. It was between representation for Scotland. Because we're the Scottish people. Here? They should get me on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are they waiting for? Podcast host of Faithful to the Trader. T- one one day, one day they're going to be like, do you know what would be really funny if we got someone who's obsessed with the traitor? Well, they did it with Annabelle. Let's get a super mm-hmm. fan. Let's get the guy that does a traitor's mm-hmm. podcast on the, on the show. And what a missed opportunity for this not to have Tiffany Pollard and Gemma Collins. Oh, oh don't even. that. That's what a dream. Imagine. Imagine. Why can Tiffany Pollard on this list? New York and the GC reunited. I would, oh, if I wasn't already oh, watching, I would be glued. Can you imagine the view, the viewing figures? <laughs> but I think she would do. I think if he did a UK version with celebrities, at some point, I think Pollard would go on that one. I don't think about Gemma Collins would fit in with the states. Imagine the put. Imagine Gemma and New York were the traitors together, and that so they had to work together. You know oh, that they turn on each other instantly. Oh, that's a bubble. <laughs> Tiffany Pollard, Gemma Collins, and Stephanie Davis. <laughs> the whole, I'll give you a clue. Just get in the cage. In case anyone doesn't know, these three were on the most epic series of Celebrity <laughs> Big Brother in the UK ever, whose the memes and gifts still still are going strong to this day. Uh, they, to reunite those contestants would just... <laughs> we'll be David is dead! <laughs> <laughs> and Danielle Westbrook there being a waste. <laughs> oh dear. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to watch. And do you ever think traitors will get rid of someone because they don't like someone? Because they're someone we've not seen yet. Well, do you mean will they vote like out someone. someone they don't like? Yeah, because they've never done that. Yeah, it's always oh, been strategic. I people. think they have done that. Uh, Australia season one, Matt. Matt Mikalef, who kept, he was obsessed with Teresa, and he kept every single oh, time. No. I meant a traitor murdering in the little hut. They've never done a traitor where they've murdered someone in the night. That was through banishments because he was just driving everyone, including the hut. Do you mean the traitors murder someone 
just because they don't yeah, like them. Yeah, because we don't like someone, I'd, be, I'd be love to see that. Uh, yeah, that could be quite funny, actually. <laughs> we don't think, think this player's a threat, nice. but we can't stand them. Let's get them out. <laughs> I'd rather someone be honest and just go, look, but I think in this version, I think you might see it. Yeah, I, that wouldn't surprise me actually with this group of reality is, stars. Is there anyone you're seeing as a winner on this season? It's it's tough because again, I really don't know them. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, I want Peppermint to win. I don't yeah, care who anyone else is. Peppermint for the win. So let's move on to talk a little bit about Traitors Canada. Traitors Canada will begin very soon. Starts on October the second. We can talk a little bit about the cast, but also I just wanted to mention the all, the already the promotional visuals for Traitors Canada. So on social media, Traitors Canada have been really uh, promoting quite quite well. I would say they're they've released lots of little kind of um, like reels on Instagram, little clips. They've they've now released these sort of clips where they show the cast and you can see the cast names so all all of this visual stuff has been put out already and it's the most fascinating thing about it is the the atmosphere the aesthetic the look that they've gone for it already looks like they've kind of styled it differently from previous versions of the traitors that i've seen so if you go on to the traitors canada instagram page Look at their videos, look at the visuals they've presented. They're trying to give 70s horror film. Like it's this, they're releasing lots of sort of grainy footage, creepy music, actually not lots of people, not lots of shots of people, just lots of shots of the house where they where they filmed it. I don't know where in Canada they filmed this. So they're they've created this aesthetic of yeah, some sort of ghost story, paranormal horror film which i'm here for i think it looks really cool i think it's and i i love the aesthetic of traitors uk and us where it's a big grand mansion and it's like a murder mystery but i think it's really cool that canada have taken a slightly different approach and they're treating it as actually what it makes me think of as american horror story it reminds me of some not for all seasons because they change it every time but like for the original American Horror Story, which was just like this sort of murder house, this haunted house, it makes me think of that. Um, what what do you think of these visuals that you can see for Traitors Canada? Do you know when I'm watching that little trailer when on the boat and then they walk up, it's actually giving me a vibe of, because I've not seen American, I know American Horror Story, it's giving me that vibe, but it's giving me like an abandoned university or school and she's the headmistress. Because she's oh, yes. dressed very authority figurey. Yes, the host, um, the host Karine Vanas, uh, who's an actress. Yeah, she we we've seen images of her now, and you're right, she's wearing. She does look like a sort of headmistress or something like that. It's either like a headmistress or like a hospital nurse from like the 1970s. Yeah, like it's the, cool. 1970s, the 1600s, like that. Like very, I love it. I think, and I also want to say this is probably the most ethnically diverse cast I've seen, which yeah. I am here for. Yeah, excellent. Uh, in fact, let's go through the cast. Uh, so, again, we we have a mix of celebrities and non-celebrities. So I'm going to talk about each one of them briefly. Uh, we've got Colin Johnson, who's a transit operator, um, <laughs> someone with 
the best name I have ever seen. Her name is Crystal Mays. I hope to God that's her real name. And it's <laughs> her surname is spelled M-A-Y-E-S, but it must be pronounced Mays. Crystal Mays is a nurse. I swear to God, if I was in hospital and a nurse came over to me and said, hi, I'm Crystal Mays, I would just assume I had concussion or I was high on some sort of drug. Um, I'm here for it. Right, Crystal Mays for the win. Um, we've got Dominic. I think it's Dominic, not Dominique. Dominic, who is, works in project management. So I'm guessing that's not one of the celebrities. Oh my goodness, they've done it again. Donna Hart is a psychic medium. They've really cottoned on to the fact that casting a clairvoyant or a psychic makes for excellent TV. Uh, so I can't wait to see Donna. Uh, mm. Erica Kasupanen uh is uh, is a winner of Survivor season forty one mind blowing, uh, so there we go. We've got a celebrity right there, um, and it looks like she's got quite a big following on social media. Uh, with the next, we've got Gurleen Man, and Gurleen is uh, is also a reality star from a series called Farming for Love. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Uh, I'm laughing just at the name of the show. Um, so, Gurleen apparently is a third generation farmer, which I'm guessing is why she was on a show called Farming for Love. Also, by the way, the I'm saying she, um, the the uh, on the, the cast list, they've released all of the contestants' pronouns, which I think is really cool of them. Yeah. Uh, Next, we've got Gurpiar, and Gurpiar is a paediatric registered nurse. It's giving Sari. We've got a couple of nurses. Uh, we've got Kevin. Uh, Kevin is a Big Brother Canada winner and apparently a champion poker player, so he's presumably quite well known. Uh, next, we've got Kuzi. Kuzi is also a Big Brother contestant, Big Brother Canada, season 11, and Miss World Zimbabwe, and a 911 operator. So, Cousy's doing it all. She's she's got everything going on. She's got everything cornered. Uh, we've got Leroy. Leroy's a firefighter. We've got May or Mai. I'm not sure how to pronounce. I say Mai. 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 Uh, Mai is uh, an entrepreneur, but is also one of the I guess the celebrities because they've been on Master Chef Canada. <laughs> Next, we've got Mary. Mary's a Twitch streamer. So does that count as a celebrity? Do we think? It, um, I mean, I could say. Mm, it depends what people's definition of celeb is. Yeah. To me, it's just a close income job if you get to the top, but it's for everyone to marry, you know, it's not somebody who struggles. Yeah, but it depends. As Mary could be a Twitch streamer with 10 followers, or Mary could have 2 million followers. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll find out a little bit more about her. Next, we've got two Melissas. So we have Melissa Alder, uh, and Melissa is a teacher. And then we've got a really uh, interesting contestant because we've got Melissa Best. Melissa is uh, a realtor. So they'll be known in the show as Melissa A and Melissa B. And Melissa B immediately makes me think, oh my God, it's Mel B. Like you could shorten it even further. And we've got Mel B. Uh, and mm -hmm. Melissa, I can tell you already, Melissa is a big fan of the Tradar podcast. So I spoke to, and I think I can say this now because the cast list is official. I spoke to Melissa months ago uh, online about just talking about the podcast and about the show. Uh, and I 
sort of got the impression something interesting was going on with Melissa. And now I realise Melissa is actually a contestant on Traitors Canada. Uh, so that's really cool. She'll definitely be on the podcast at some point. Next up, we've got Mickey Henry. Uh, Mickey is a contestant from The Amazing Race Canada. In fact, won The Amazing Race Canada. We've got Mike, who is a magician and a mentalist, which is a really cool occupation. Uh, a mentalist, I guess, is, is kind of like Darren Brown in the UK, like the sort of mind-reading uh, tricks on stage and sort of yeah. maybe f- fake hypnosis or maybe real hypnosis. I'm not sure. I'm in the before. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> I guess Mike probably counts as one of the celebrities as well. I'm not sure. Probably. Next up, apart from Melissa B., is the next person who I do definitely know. And this is a Canada's Drag Race contestant called Miss Fierce Delicious. And when I heard the name, I didn't instantly recognise who it was, but when I saw images, I remembered seeing Miss Fierce Delicious on the show because she did uh, really, really well. Um, I think got to like the top three or four of Canada's Drag Race season three. Uh, it was top five or four, all three could be either. And from memory, Miss Fierce Delicious almost went home really early in the season and it looked yes. like it wasn't going to do that well and then ended up really turning it around with like really amazing looks on the runway and surprised everybody by getting further and further and further. Uh, so that's cool to see her there. Next, we've got uh, a doctor, Dr. Nazilla, who is a dentist, uh, dentist slash doctor of dental surgery. Isn't that a doctor of dental surgery? Just the same thing as a dentist? I don't know. Um, next up, we've got uh, someone called Rick, who is um, a former a, a VJ radio host, TV personality. Uh, we've got Travon. Travon is a public relations specialist. And I think Travon is the final contestant as far as I can see. Uh, Joe, do you know any of these contestants? Well, my name is Swiss Delicious. Um... And let me have a look on who else is on now. I haven't got a clue about any of the others. Um, again, I think that's always what's interesting about these is because for us, we don't really know many of them unless there's someone on an international like or something. But I always think that's fun because you're learning about them and we're getting to know their worlds. Even the people that I'd say are just the everyday people, they're almost going to get something out of this. Yeah. Hopefully they'll get and that. Um, again, because I've got a picture in front of me, so I'm actually looking at them. Um, but yeah, very, again, very diverse. I want to see Crystal Mays go far purely because I love her name. <laughs> but no, um, I think Thea's delicious. I do wonder if she's going to do drag for all these things because she's in a drag and a booster. Yes, that's a good question. Uh, Miss Fierce Delicious is in drag and the promo stuff. I wonder if Peppermint and Miss Fierce Delicious will be in drag the whole time. That's a lot of work because drag takes hours to prepare. To have to do that, I mean, I'm sure well, they do that every day anyway for their jobs. So maybe they're maybe they're used to it and they did it on Drag Race, but I wouldn't be surprised if they are not always in drag. Like maybe I can see them only getting in drag for for banishment room, but for challenges, maybe they won't bother. Because I thought she was in the promo picture, Miss Face Delicious. Because I remember saying to a friend about her lips have gone down. 
And I'm thinking that's another contestant. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was So uh, that's kind of a roundup, I think, of everything that's going on with traitors. Um, we were almost at the end then. Before we finish up our game of the Trader Traitor, Joe, can you tell us a little bit about where we can find you online, what you're up to, what what should we be checking out? So I am doing a Mars for a Wrestling Booking game. I'm doing my own fictional world, so I'm making these characters and bringing them to life and giving them somewhat of a dead hand behind the head. I've thought this a lot of time. Um, I think I've said you some of the work I've done. Yeah, yeah. Um, it can take three to four hours just to do one battle. Um, but yeah, I've just been doing that. So if you're into booking games, it's called Pro Wrestling Sim, and I've got two mods that I'm working. Well, the Ace first is more important because I'm putting it together more. But yeah, fantastic. So we are going to conclude our own banishment because we've been playing the Trader Traitor. Joe, <laughs> you're 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 giving me some really interesting facial expressions. Did you tell me a lie? Do you know what I think I did, but I think I forgot it. <laughs> I think so. I could, as like, soon as I mentioned the game, you looked really panic stricken. And I'm like, shit myself because I'm like, oh my god, I right. forgot. But I'm thinking to say it at the beginning, and I just forgot. I'm hoping the one thing you say actually is not right. What we'll do is I I did I told you a lie, so that's definite. I lied to you. I have some guesses of things that you might have lied about. So if worst comes to worst, I'll just go through my whole list, and you can tell me if yeah. they were true or not. Uh, do you have any guesses what I lied to you about? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's been that long and I've enjoyed it that much. Was it something to do with one of the challenges he did in New Zealand? No, it wasn't. No. Okay, oh. I'm going to reveal. I told a little fib not that long ago, quite recently. Um, we were talking about casts in US and Canada and I made up a little bit of a story for you. I pretend, I said... Oh, there's no UK season two cast list, but I know someone who's on the cast. Uh, and I pretended that you would know them too and that I would tell you oh, once we'd stopped. I completely invented all of that. I don't know anyone who's on the cast. I don't know anything about it. You know what? Well done, because the only reason I believed you and I thought, I was like, the only reason I thought it could be true was I thought because of the shows I was doing it, it would not surprise me if you start slowly bringing in. I mean, I'm not saying it's this season, but wouldn't surprise me if you start bringing lower names celebs in and then building it up. So that's why I was like, but well done. Mm-hmm. One time, you and I'm stumped because I don't think I didn't know. <laughs> no, I didn't. I think I might have, but the one I mentioned, I was mentioned, I brought the subject up and then I didn't run with it. Because now I know what it was, what it was. So I'm going to tell you. I, five things that I wrote down, and I now have cool. a feeling that every single one of them was true. So you can just confirm that. Um, you said really early on that the seventy thousand dollars in traders New Zealand was the equivalent of thirty three thousand pounds. Was that correct? True. 
Okay, you mentioned that Lauren was a dancer from Dancing with the Stars, New Zealand. Is that true? Sure. <laughs> you said something about the psychic who was in Traitors New Zealand who got eliminated really early on and you said she actually pointed out who she thought the traitors were and she was really accurate. Was that true? I think that was true. <laughs> okay, two more. You said you said that you were blessed by a Thai monk. Was that a lie? That's true. And lastly, my the only other guess I had was that you said that on Dragula, sometimes contestants get tattoos. Was that a lie? True. <laughs> so does this mean you didn't tell a lie? No, I forgot. My, my lie was a thingy. Paul was the best judge on Dracula, the host of New Zealand. <laughs> because I think he was a fit to write him with the judging style. And I'm raging with the girl. I think that means that if you didn't lie, then I didn't lose the game. So no. I'm going to take that as a win that... Mm. Uh, I created an environment in which you felt unable to lie and therefore somehow that makes me really good at the game. <laughs> you just lose track of time. I just lost it. It was like just fuller. Do you know, and it's weird, I don't know whether people feel this when they're doing it, but you forget you're doing an episode of the podcast. Well, that's a good sign then, because that means that we were just It is, but I'm fun. scared because some stuff I've said, like, so I'm really scared of, like, not that I've said anything bad, but you do think I don't want to be sort of off the record, but I'm like, shit. Joe, that's the magic of editing, and that's what I'm here for. <laughs> It was so good to talk to you today all about Traitors New Zealand. Uh, we had so many thoughts, so much to talk about, as well as all of our Aussie recap and our US Season 2 cast and our Canada cast. I hope you've had a good time. Oh, it's been brilliant. Thank you so much for having me on. And again, I hope everyone enjoys this week. Yes, I'm sure they will. And I'm sure you'll be back on the podcast again in the future. And I'll oh, talk to you okay. soon anyway. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello, faithful trader listeners. Thanks so much for joining Joe and me for our Traitors New Zealand recap, amongst other things. It's the New Zealand Plus episode. Next for the trader is, again, some interviews with the Australia Season 2 contestants, hopefully. Again, organising that seems to be a little trickier this season since Channel 10 are being a little bit stricter with contestant press activity. They're on the way though because I have already manifested it to be so. Beyond that, the trader will be covering the Traitors Canada I've hinted at this before a little, and I'm still going to be a bit cagey about details for now, but all will be revealed pretty soon. So, all in all, more Traitors content is on the way, imminently. I want to give a shout out to Trader listener Nadia from Germany. Hi Nadia! She sent me a lovely email and recommended a couple of Korean shows that have Traitors-esque elements. One is called The Genius, and the second, The Devil's Plan. And The Devil's Plan is coming to Netflix UK really soon, so I'm definitely going to watch that after I checked out the trailer. It looks great. It's giving Squid Games, and of course, Squid Games itself is also getting its own Netflix reality show version. 
with the biggest prize fund ever awarded on a TV show, $4.56 million. I'm assuming that's US dollars. As for the genius, Nadia gave me a little description, so it makes sense to read that to you. She says, it's a Korean competition show about who is the smartest of a bunch of Korean celebrities and non-celebrities. Though only one can win, most of the games involve forming alliances and betraying them in order to succeed. They shot the episodes on only one day a week, so comments and reactions from the viewers trickle into the show. That sounds really cool. Thank you, Nadia, for the recommendations. Those definitely sound like Traitors fans would love them. Before I go, it would be amazing if you took a little visit to my coffee page. That's KO-FI. I research, write, record, edit, deal with the distribution of the podcast completely by myself, organize guests and operate the social media accounts and although I absolutely love the traitors and recording the podcast is so much fun I'm not such a fan of the amount of hours it all takes and I'm doing it all for free in fact it's costing me money for things like Zoom Pro and the audio editing software I use so if you've been listening in and you want me to keep it up have a think about visiting coffee.com slash Matthew Keeley I'll spell that. K-O-F-I.com. I think you know how to spell that part. Slash M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-E-E-L-E-Y. That address is also in the episode description. And if you wanted to visit, you could put in a wee donation. It's not something you have to sign up to. It's not a subscription. It could just be a one-off. You can also keep up to date with the podcast on Instagram at the Tradar Podcast or on X at the Tradar Pod. Or you could do what Nadia did and you could email me at the Podcast at gmail.com. Until the next episodes then, on their way very soon, as always, stay faithful.